time schedule is rigid. We have 10, time, 10 minutes for the presentation, more or less, and uh, five minutes for discussion. So the first presentation is finite element modeling and of the progressive damage and behavior of thermoplastic polymers in actually but and uh, uh, the presentation will be given by Servan. So, this uh, paper deals with the modeling of macroscale damage and failure. It is a uh, talk about models that are implemented in fluid uh, element analysis software used in uh, predicting the failure of uh, complex parts and structures. In software such as Palm Crash, LS Dyna, or Abacus, software in which I perform the simulation. Also, the dynamic failure for these uh, uh, macro-scale um, models takes account for the critical uh, deformations of various stress states. Uh, during the years, um, uh, a lot of researchers uh, linked the onset of damage with the various uh, stress states, most uh, notably the stress triaxiality, which can be expressed as a, as a um, Report between the von Mises stress and the pressure component of the stress tensor. This, uh, in order to calibrate the, the material models, we require a pretty large number of experimental procedures. You have presented a, um, a map of a, of a type of experiment performed on butterfly specimens uh, designed by Moore. And, uh, also, we can have uh, tensile specimens with various notches. The issue with this is especially when uh, um, trying to find the parameters for um, advanced materials such as composites and polymers, the manufacturing of this would require special modes and it's very, and it will require a, a high costs for production of modes and specimens. So the scope of this paper is starting from limited experimental data to develop facilitative models that can act accurately reproduce the test. So we use the reverse engineering approach in which simulations will determine the strain rates of the test, the damage initiation parameters, and the stress strain response of the materials. Also, uh, this, test will, this uh, simulation will perform on, uh, and test will perform on polymers, which usually go undergo high deformations. So the test described in literature would not accurately reproduce the stress reactionality that uh, would usually put fine on steel on, uh, or aluminum parts. I've uh, tried only two criteria, the ductile criterion, which uh, accounts for the creation of voids during loading, and the critical plastic strain is expressed as a function of the stress reactionality and the plastic strain rate. This is uh, typical variation of the ductile ductile criteria for uh, for uh, aluminum for uh, static and dynamic loadings. The second criterion that I, that I tested was the shear criterion in which the failure of material happens by occurrence of shear bands during loading and in this case the critical uh, plastic strain is a, is a function of the shear stress ratio and the elastic plate and the elastic and the plastic strain rate. The shear, the stress, shear stress ratio can be expressed as a function of the, the pressure component of the stress tensor, 
the volumetric stress, the maximum shear stress, and the, and the material parameter. So the modeling of uh, macroscale damage in finite element analysis accounts for the damage initiation criteria, which happens when this uh, factor reaches one. In this case, it's for the ductile damage. The shear is the same thing. The differential of the of the elastic, of the plastic, critical uh, plastic uh, damage in shear. So considering a uh, material uh, deformation, have a linear component, and point A is have the yielding, and uh, if no damage initiating criteria is specified, it will just have uh, a uh, hardening of whatever law is specified. In case of the damage criteria, which happens, for example, here in point B, we have a degradation law, which is uh, modeled as a reduction in stiffness of the elements, and, uh, and, and is modeled by this uh, equation as a double contraction of the of the uh, elasticity tensor and the difference between the elastic strain and the total elastic strain and the plastic strain, and uh, which is diminished by a function, the degradation factor, which can also be specified by various evolution laws, linear, tabular, exponential, and so on. So this experiment procedure, we have tested two materials, uh, a polyamide 12 compound, which has been extensively studied before, and the polyamide 11 compound, which is proposed as a replacement for this material for the current application. Test, we did tensile tests in, uh, for the first material, we studied the influence of strain rate, and uh, developed elastic plastic material models, and for the second material, we didn't receive any, any test of specimens, we only received the stress strain curve from the manufacturer, so we have limited data for this material. Function impact tests were performed according to the standards, and we use uh, two test speeds, one meter per second and 4.4 meters per second. Even though the, the, the polyamide 11 components show ductile uh, behavior in at slow, at slow um, strain rates, at high rates, they have a brittle failure, while the other material has a semi-ductile semi behavior. So the simulation uh, consisted uh, of a model that has three bodies. The first one was the punch tool, which was a semispherical identer, as model as analytical, analytical rigid and has a carrier mass of 20 kilos, as was in the experiment. We have a washer-shaped support, which is modeled as a discrete rigid, and the specimen, which is a, a, a deformable sheet of these dimensions. We use the second-order elements to model it, and in, uh, and in the area of the in fact, we have defined mesh with 1.5 millimeter element size. And we use the elastoplastic material model that we developed from the tensile test. We use surface-to-surface -surface interaction for each body, and we have a 0.8% coefficient between the specimen and the support, and 0.1 between the specimen and indenter because we use lubrication during testing. And also, as a condition, we have the initial velocity, and we, we, we um, place the indenter a millimeter above the, the specimen, and we use Galileo's law to calculate the initial speed for it to reduce speed and impact, and we also used uh, gravity as a general for the model. For preliminary simulation, we have uh, strain rates up to 3 per second in the case of, of the PA12, and only 0.003 per second in the case of the PA11 component, and we, we obtained the lower reaction as, as expected because of the high strain dependency of these uh, thermoplastics. And also the simulation, Determining strain rates up to 200 of 200 per second, which is far above what we could obtain through tensile tests. 
So the calibration of the material models. Initially, considering the, the similar shape of the, of the curves, we just use an augmented uh, material model. We amplify the, the stiffness to the factor to obtain, to obtain uh, stiffer material models. And you can see that we have uh, accurate, accurate uh, results, only that the material doesn't, doesn't uh, break. So we divided uh, these responses in, into several um, regions. So the first one, the green one, seen in both cases, we consider an elastic part. The blue one, consider the, the onset of plastic deformation. In the case of the PA12, we have this purple region, which is a combination of the material slip and the progressive degradation of the material, and the red area, which is uh, the damage onset. And uh, through this, we calculated the, the critical displacement for each test. And at that point in the simulation, we, we um, detected the, the parameters needed for, uh, for uh, describing the damage emission criteria, which are the plastic strain rate, which is seen here is a, is a plastic uh, normal component, the shear, the maximum shear strain, and the stress reactivity and shear stress ratio, which are field output parameters that Abacus can, can uh, provide us with. So the simulation results, you see that uh, we have uh, for the PA12 material we have very good accordance in, in terms of uh, puncture force and puncture energy, with errors only of 40% and around 2%, 0.40%. In the case of PA11, we have a bit of overestimation in uh, in the puncture force, but the puncture energy is uh, is uh, more accurate. So these are the force deflection graphs for for the PA12 material. You can see that we anticipated well the, the point where the material breaks and also we have the, the, the formation of the specimen, the rocket specimen is similar with the specific duct big shape of the, the semi-ductile material failure in this case. For the slow test at one kilometer per second, we obtain an, an overestimation of the remnant deformation. This is because uh, Abacus doesn't allow these scholastic effects with, with plasticity and uh, there was no recovery in our model uh, as a, for the experimental uh, specimen. In case of the P11 uh, com component, we also anticipated the uh, rapid very well, but a bit higher forces. Also, the, the fracture surface was similar. And in this case, we, we didn't have any, any punctuation, but uh, you can see uh, this area here was damaged in, uh, through creasing, the specific damage for polymers. And this uh, was modeled as a, a set of elements were removed from the bottom of the specimen, but no, no punctuation was uh, obtained. So as a conclusion, we had a study of the puncture behavior of two polymer compounds. We had a little experimental data, and we tried to use a reverse engineering approach to calibrate the material models and the, the stress response and the damage parameters. And uh, we obtained accurate results in terms of puncture force energy and the failure mechanism of both materials. Thank you for your attention.